welcome to Sitecore Standard Values Podcast. I am your host, Rick Bauer, Director of Customer Transformation at Sitecore. In this podcast, we will continually seek to provide deeper insights into the value of Sitecore as a solution to business problems. With regular episodes from me in the U.S. and my counterpart, Sultan, in the Netherlands, we will alternate to bring you a variety of guests to share their global perspectives and experiences through a rich tapestry of discussion, opinion, and thought experiments. My guest today is John Price, Global Sitecore Practice Director here at American Eagle and a multi-year, multi-solution MVP. I have known John for many years and have had the recent pleasure of working with John and team on several customer engagements with our customer transformation team. I do say here because we are in American Eagle's studios where uh, a Sitecore water cooler is produced. Um, this is part two of a two-part series, so if you have not participated or listened to, <laughs> I, I, I like to think podcasting is a participatory sport. Um, if you have not listened to episode one, find that on Sitecore Water Cooler, um, it, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, so, um, John, that's where you hosted me. Um, you know, I, again, I encourage you to start there and of course, like and subscribe. Um, John, welcome to Sitecore Standard Values. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me, Rick. Yeah, so I've been around the Sitecore space for about a decade at this point. Um, before I got into the Sitecore space, I actually used to be in the golf industry. So I was a, say a, a golf professional, obviously not a very good one. So I transferred to tech. <laughs> um, so history, hit backgrounds a little bit more in kind of, you'll say, digital. We used to be in like the dynamic pricing. Then we've made the jump over to full digital. And I was actually American Eagle's first dedicated Sitecore project manager. Wow. So learned the ropes through there, have engaged with probably over, I'd say, 75 Sitecore clients over that decade. Um, for the past six years, I've been helping manage our Sitecore practice. So that's anything from, we'll say that word, sales, uh, to helping oversee operations. Uh, and most of my days now are consultancy and strategy. So I really try to help clients get the most out of the Sitecore platform work very closely with individuals like yourself, a lot of the other Sitecore, uh, we'll say, personnel, <laughs> and uh, absolutely love what I do, love being in the, in the Sitecore community. And uh, again, thanks for having me, Rick. That's a nice, that sounds like a fun path. And I can't hear golf and not say, but if we kill all the golfers, <laughs> I've got to have a Caddyshack line in there somewhere. There's, anyway. There's definitely some days where we <laughs> definitely want to quit, so we'll definitely say that. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> That's great. Uh, uh, the last episode, again, this is part two of a two-parter. Um, we covered off on content, um, content, you know, solutions, customer journeys, much more. I, you know, I'm not going to rehash everything, but I'd like to start this episode talking about data and analytics because I think we didn't really touch on that in the last one. I, w I want to talk about how it plays into digital marketing um, as well as uh, trends you are seeing. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great topic and honestly probably one of the most, uh, one of the largest ones to unpack. So especially in this new space of Composable, right? You have you know, many different platforms as part of a stack and you probably obviously have many different platforms taking different data points. You, know, you might have a website collecting uh, page views, traffic that could be through mm -hmm. the platform itself or Google Analytics. I'll touch on Google Analytics and obviously the transformation sure. there. Um, you might have email marketing, et cetera. And you know, one thing that we hear a lot when we talk to existing Sitecore clients or prospects is, you know, I need enough data to run my business effectively. And many clients that we've talked to do not have that. So I think the one challenge many have is, hey, we have all these different silos, what do we do? So one trend that we've been seeing obviously for well, well over five years is, you know, picking an analytics platform that can really read out the data, right? All these different platforms can track it, but we really need like a Power BI, a Tableau, a Google Data Studio, or a Snowflake 
for the actual reporting for a business. Create me a report that's useful for me from all these different channels. So I definitely think that's one area that we like to start in is obviously, well, what do we need to track? But what reports do you need to be able to run your business effectively, whether it's sales metrics, whether it's how many people sign up for maybe an appointment um, or any one of those metrics. So we always start with the business requirements. You know, what do you need to track? What's effective? And then we'll figure out how to track it. The how to track is always a simple part. So, you know, it's what do you actually need to report on? So, okay. you know, we'll definitely say the, we'll call the, the BI side of it's definitely extremely important. Um, the other trend and thing that's going on right now is GA4. So everyone's, you know, what do we do with Google Analytics? Obviously, previous is going to be sunset. There's going to be a point in time where there's no access to that data. Right. So right now, in pretty much every one of our clients, regardless of platform, GA4, digital marketing, SEO, huge focus, right? Everyone should be focusing on digital, digital marketing, SEO, paid ads, you name it. So GA4 is a huge focus. And I mentioned Google uh, Data Studio. So setting up proper reporting there has also been um, a huge key to what we've been doing in the space. It, it's kind of a multi-headed monster, right? I mean, you know, there's a lot of sources in, there's a lot of p potential there. Um, I, one tool that I've seen out there is um, Relevant Edge as well. I don't know if you've ever worked with that. Um, Familiar with the founders. Um, yep. I've definitely examined it. We actually have some clients that use Relevant Edge. So relatively, I shouldn't say relative, relatively familiar <laughs> uh, with the product and you know, yeah. what, what I've seen it do with, uh, especially Sitecore XP, could, definitely very helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the point I would bring up there, and I'm, you know, not tied to the solution at all, but <laughs> other than, I mean, they are they are a, a partner with with Sitecore, so I should say that. But they, um, it, we were talking earlier about spinning things up quickly, and I think yeah. that's one tool there. But you know, the, the the GA piece is also, I mean, that's a space to watch for sure. Yeah, if you're on Sitecore XP and have plans to be on Sitecore XP for a while, and the one thing that you know we've obviously noticed is you can set things up, you can set up basic tracking, you get basic reporting, but creating custom reports in Sitecore XP, not recommended. So you can pretty easily track anything you'd like, but exporting it to a BI tool like I just mentioned, or Relevant Edge provides another layer of advanced reporting right. and making Sitecore XP um, very relevant. So it's definitely a great product, especially if you're going to be on Sitecore XP for quite a while. Yeah, and there's a, a lot of data underneath that you don't, that's not exposed until you 100%. use those tools. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely think, you know, the tracking of data is not necessarily the problem. It's the reporting on it, getting it out to something readable is where most organizations need solutions. So one of those I mentioned, definitely um, a great option. Well said. Well said. Um, let's let's talk about disruption. You know, we gotta gotta, gotta get all the buzzwords. Digital disruptors. Yes, yeah, yeah right. So, um, he, this is a you know a buzzword, but one that fuels decisions of organizations, large and small. So, can you speak to how disruptions um, are influencing your customers, their solution stack, and maybe even American Eagle? If that's oh, the case. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Where, where do we start? So, there's, there's definitely two or three facets we can talk about. So, let's just talk. Let's talk about tech, right? We're talking about yes. Sitecore. So, the tech is obviously the first digital disruptor is, and not not a bad way, right? Tech changes, and I think there's a quote from Dave O'Flanagan that he repurposes, you know, you know, tech has, has never changed as fast and it'll never be the slow again or something. It's yes, basically yes. the the speed at which things are changing are gonna continue to advance. So customers need to be agile, they need to be able to switch out technologies quickly. You know, switching out things is not necessarily a bad thing, right? It's getting new, making things relevant for the business. So obviously the first one is these front end frameworks. Headless has obviously been a buzzword, but uh, most software companies are going to more of the headless route, right? Mm -hmm. So you talk about React front-end frameworks, we talk about Next.js, which is kind of a more advanced version of React. Um, so we're seeing a lot of need, especially at the American Eagle side or the client side, to learn these new technologies. There's plenty of really great resources, but learning React, Next.js, 
is kind of the wave, I would say, of the future. You know, organizations we've we even seen using Angular. We're seeing like, all right, well, now how do we move over to you know React, Next.js, and the kind of the most streamlined way or the or the least um, disruptive way. Sure, <laughs> going back sure. to that, yeah. going back to that. So tech is definitely a huge one. Learning those new technologies. The composable side, you know, if we talk about Sitecore and some of their partners like Salesforce, you know, we got 20-some-plus products just between those two stacks. And if we intermix them between organizations, you need knowledge either from a partner or in-house to know them. So being able to hire specific or train specific talent, you can't just train for Sitecore anymore. You need to know one each of individual platform. So one thing we we do, we focus on what we recommend to clients is don't have one person try to learn all six. Maybe let's have one learn Content Hub. Yes. Let's maybe have one learn Personalize and CDP, right? So being able to specialize people, I think, is going to be more, even more of a need. It's always kind of been, been a need in like the Salesforce space, but in the Sitecore space, I definitely think that's going to be a, a huge part of it, a huge part of it too. For sure. And I, w- I would even say there's another angle to look at that uh, to look at this and it's more from the external marketing side and the and the why we need this technology and why we need to accelerate the pace right you know consumers are exposed to disruption through things like uh netflix you know um amazon all the all these tools that allow you to get stuff now (laughs) you know i I think you and i both suffer from impatience and (laughs) it's just like what do you mean my order is going to take more than three hours? I want it. I want it. You know, it's the Veruca yeah. salt. I want it now. Yep. So, you know, I, I feel like that is a dis- those dis- those types of disruptors have certainly caused the need for composable because organizations need to be able to um, evolve at the pace that they want to, not at the pace of a software provider. So they need to be able to build those Lego Lego bricks together like they need in that moment, not waiting for somebody to develop it. Yeah, hundred percent. We mentioned the, the part one of the of the episode of, you know, I think like migrating to full SaaS is going to be definitely something that most organizations will focus on in the next five ten years. Even healthcare, a lot of these organizations um, that have kind of strayed away from it, most most providers are going to that model. And mm-hmm. even things like the Middle East, Gulf region, yep. Saudi Arabia, Dubai. You know, that is going to be in the next few years as well. And he, again, hearing Dave O'Flanagan talk at the Customer Advisory Council, uh, or excuse me, the Partner Advisory Council, which I won't name specifics. I mean, that's, you know, that is something that is coming in that region. So it's really going to be affecting the entire world. So migration to SaaS, getting away from spinning up servers, installing Sitecore, or whatever platform it is, upgrading. setting up deployments, the <laughs> upgrading, uh, <laughs> that word. Um, yeah, I definitely think organizations that can get away from that can definitely provide more business value quicker, again, to the customers, yep. getting them what they want. And then I've seen a lot of organizations focusing a lot on self-service, like we talked about, spinning up a customer portal, more advanced intranets, basically a way to alleviate things from internal teams like a contact center. Um, I definitely think are some things that we've been seeing as well as kind of like how people are trying to disrupt, definitely trying to advance their digital and just overall business solutions. Mm-hmm. And even even customers that we deal with that have like contact centers. It's like, hey, we have all this data internally in different data lakes, but we want to be able to use it without, without having to go through those internal barriers. So we've seen a lot of clients utilizing a platform like CDP, customer data platform, to basically synchronize all that data so they can use it for their digital channels. So we're seeing a lot of things around data lakes, going back to the data side, of utilizing a platform like CDP to store that data and then use it for all all the different types of channels that you may have. So that's been a huge focus um, as well for us and our clients, what people are coming to us with and problems they're trying to solve. Okay. Yeah, and I, I want to come back to that because yep. um, I, I definitely want to get some more examples from sure. you, so I'll kind of plant that seed. But mm-hmm. you're a bit more technical than me, and I want to eke into that space a little bit. So let's talk about the transformation of, of dev and like dev cycles and 
how moving from traditional to composable is impacting development process tools approach yeah. things yeah. like that because you 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 work daily with a team you know that that sees the the pluses and minuses yeah 100 percent. yeah and we mentioned this before um is the need for doc updated documentation yes. we'll say yeah. i mean organizations like hey we, we need documentation but we're i've seen the lack lack thereof long term is the updating of documentation right when we're installing a large platform like a traditional Sitecore DXP, you'd install it, and you're basically making config updates. You're deploying code and data over it. Um, with Composable, we're now dealing with you know more integrations for things that used to just come in like one platform. So, updating how those integrations change, making sure the business is in constant communication with tech on their needs, and then documenting that in like a place like Confluence. There's many other, we'll say, document repositories. I think that is a huge focus as well, even for us as an agency. Is it's not just like, hey, make sure you do documentation. It's like, hey, this needs to be updated on a daily, weekly basis. I think it's a role. Yeah, I really 100%. do. I mean, they're like, you, in the, you have to have somebody there that's basically a librarian, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. I kind of went back to, or I'm going to go back to my previous point on like yeah. making people more focused, mm -hmm. right? You don't want one person doing six different roles anymore because I think, you know, there, there's, there are gaps there and having a traditional BA or whatever you might call that person in house, yes. updating that as a crucial role of the team and alleviating it so people can provide, you know, just, hey, you write the code, I'll do the documentation. Those segmentation of roles, I think, are going to be vastly important as we get deeper into the, you know, we'll say the, uh, the journey of composable. Right. You say BA, I say librarian because my mind is in the <laughs> 1950s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, very good, very good. Uh, well, okay. So I, I promised to come back to this a little bit. Yep. Like, let's talk real world. Yep. You know, are, you know, are are there any examples you can talk to around some of like the latest technology from Cycle, for example, uh, XM Cloud, CDP, sure. so, you know, like some experiences that you've had with customers there. Yeah, sure, sure. Plenty of examples. I mean, if we just start with XM Cloud and kind of the new that we'll call it the headless route. Yeah, I think one thing that we like to well. One area that we've seen very successful is what we call stack site generation. You know, increasing uh, speed or performance of sites, getting things to the edge. They're much more easily accessible by browsers and end users. Um, we have one legacy Sitecore client that we're converting them to full composable XM Cloud and personalize well, over 500 websites in their site tree. Right, so all that traffic coming back, hitting your CD servers, your CDN, then obviously all the indexing and things. Yep. Uh, XM Cloud and Stack Site Generation going to be a huge improvement there, right? Things are pushed to the edge. You know, pretty much everything is going to be cached. The performance, if we just even go back to the Google side, PageSpeed Insight Store is going from the 50s to almost 100. It's just the, the revolution of page speed performance is finally getting there with the with these technologies. And yes. I think just if we go back to the end, the, even the end user, <laughs> them being able to just quickly get what they want, you know, is... is, is and vastly going to be improved, and which is extremely exciting. That's lighthouse scores, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, you think about that from a standpoint of like, well, what does it, you know, what does a little bit matter? It's like, well, what if you're on your phone and yep. you like hit a 4G or you know, it's like you still want your page to load yeah. fast. So. Well, and that that's the interesting thing is like, you know, what what also has been a huge change is like, hey, people are you know people are used to testing on great networks. It's like, well, what happens if this person is you know off Wi-Fi with a terrible internet connection? They still may need what they what, right. what they still need what they need to get. So I think you know the performance is also going to help just those edge use cases people maybe have ignored before too. So all these technologies are growing; they're vastly improving, which is very exciting to see. And they're only going to get better. Like yes. we, we can talk about Chat GPT, GPT on another episode. So <laughs> <laughs> I wrote my entire opening script on yeah, Chat right. GPT. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Just> have, yeah. <laughs> 
um, you know, some other use cases, um, I won't name the client, but we'll say a major airline. This, this is one of my favorite clients to work with. Just super exciting, super receptive to ideas. Sitecore is driving their digital signage. It was a case study at Sitecore before. We just spoke at it at Sitecore Symposium mm-hmm. a few months ago in October. Um, what what they're trying to basically alleviate for their airports and their staff that manage those you know these gate signs is automation. You know how can we cut down on the amount of content that we're editing? How can we automate? You know for certain scenarios. So we're using personalized and CDP to integrate with their third party software where the flight data comes from is like hey if we know there's x amount of kids on this flight maybe show a video at the gate to basically calm down the kids at the gate right <laughs> so some of those funnier scenarios so we're, util- we're utilizing you know personalized and cdp to basically be the quarterback and the orchestrator of that data which i think is has been a huge huge win for us the technology that kind of comes with that has been very easy to work with um especially being a SaaS platform as well so um those are a few use cases that come to mind and then we have some others that our legacy Sitecore clients, again, maybe a Sitecore XP or XM client, moving them now to XM Cloud. And then we're using personalized almost replace XP, where it's like your page sure. tracking, your goal tracking. You know, we can disable that, reduce technical debt. And that's another thing we can talk about is technical debt. That's a huge <laughs> focus for a lot of organizations. Absolutely. And then we use personalized to replace some of those XP functions for that MVP. Then we can get, you know, obviously deeper as we go. But I think personalized replacing XP has been a huge push for Sitecore. And we've seen a lot of success for it um, at American Eagle as well. So let's touch on that technical debt piece because I, I I think I know where you're going with it, but it, I've let me just tie this word to it and tell me if I'm right. Technical debt and opportunity. Opportunity. Yep, hundred percent. I mean, organizations now are taking a very hard look on, at their tech stack. They're seeing these software companies, including Sitecore, change mm-hmm. very quickly, but for the better. I mean, if software companies didn't change, they wouldn't be around anymore. So I look at I, I look at all this as opportunity. Yes, you're providing them options. You're providing them more capabilities. So I think a lot of organizations take a look at their 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 technical debt and also their staff internally. They go, right, what skill sets do we have? What can we support? What do we need to train our people on? What may be new talent we need to bring in-house? So I, as I mentioned before, I think the next five years, I think the majority of clients will be moving towards SaaS or at least have a path to SaaS at least by, by that point. I mean, people talked about the cloud for 10, 15 years. Sure. SaaS is going to be on a similar path, but probably quicker. But I definitely think there's a huge look at like, hey, should we just keep upgrading this? Or should we look at maybe a long, longer ROI? That's a huge area we like to focus on is, you know, let's not just look at year one. If we switch to maybe SaaS versus an upgrade, what's the three to five year cost? And we're really pushing clients to look at that longer term cost because mm-hmm. what we're seeing is over two to four years, costs are evening out or you're even seeing savings on maybe, you know, these rebuilds or migrations to these platforms instead of just continuing to update because you got to factor in. You know, your hard costs, the cost of servers, your soft costs, or maybe your people costs of doing the upgrades, maintaining and patching. So I think if you take a very hard look at that, put together a true business case over a number of years, we're definitely seeing SaaS win and we're, you're getting yes. more capabilities on top of it. So again, organizations are taking that hard look, looking at ROI over a number of years, just even beyond the capabilities is definitely where I think people need to be, uh, where their focus should be right now. Yeah. And that's now you're speaking uh, the language of my team a little bit. We, we'll look at things like ROI. Net present value, look that one up. That's really fun. Uh, you know, payback period, cost of delay. All of these things are something that you, you know, they're real. It's real data that you can look at when you're making these decisions. So. Yeah. No, 100%. And the one you know, piece of advice I give organizations that are looking at this is, you know, with this, with the switch of technologies, with learning curves, some things will be faster mm-hmm. as far as time to market in planning. But some things may also be a little bit slower because you also need to take the proper time to pick these platforms, pick an integration method. The nice thing with Composable, you can swap it out later in a much easier fashion. But 
you can definitely more, we mentioned in the last episode, moving in an agile fashion, definitely much easier now, definitely much more realization, but there may be things that you maybe want to move a little bit slower on. But yeah. the nice thing is you can parallel path things down, not just, you know, we'll say implementing and deploying one large platform. That's the that's the exciting piece for me yeah. is showing quicker returns on things, but also planning out three to five years ahead has also been huge. And, and there might be, and I might be reaching back to the previous question a little bit, but there might be a learning curve too for your tech team, right? Like, you 100%. Might, like there's a lot of .NET developers going, what should I be doing? So have you run, I mean, has your team had to cross that bridge yet? A hundred percent. I mean, the, the transition from .NET MVC to to say that the, the new wave of headless and it was to say React and Next.js is a, is a learning curve. You know, these platforms themselves are a learning curve, but then we throw on a new technology on top of it, there is a learning curve there. So, you know, for us as an agency, we're, we're staying ahead of it, going through training, making sure people have, well, to say, practice projects to get ahead of it. But organizations that like to do things in-house, you probably have to factor in a little bit of a learning curve there as you migrate, which is not a problem, right? As long yeah. as you factor it in and it's expected, um, it's, it's, I see it as honestly a positive. Um, and then from the marketing side, right? I mean, there's so many new things to learn, right? The oh, new yeah. technology comes out every day. Right. So taking a good hard look at your business goals, like, hey, where do you want to be as a business in three to five years? Instead of just saying, hey, we want this new shiny object. Yep. It's, you know, it, it's, it's kind of an old saying, but it's more important now than ever because you don't want to buy one of these technologies, go through the integrations, and then want to switch out again. So I think when people are selecting technologies now, it's actually for a longer term, even though they may not think it is. I think selecting these composable technologies, you're looking at it a little bit longer term than an old DXP. Some may disagree I, with me, but no, I think yeah, yeah I think you're right. But but it, it's it's a it, it the the technology as a whole is longer term, but the, the pieces are smaller. So mm -hmm. you can I always think of like hot swapping drives, hard yeah. drives. Yep. You know, so like yeah. you can pull out a piece and put a different one in if you're not if it's not meeting the business need. Yep. And that's why you know going all the way back to kind of what we were talking about before. It's talking about the business need, the business opportunity, not the not the product, not yep. the not the tool itself. What's what's the opportunity to fix that? So, yeah, hundred percent. I think you know right now everyone has more flexibility than they've ever had. Yep. Um, and it's it will, we mentioned this on a, on a cooler episode. Um, it's build your own adventure. Yeah. So basically, organizations have more flexibility now than ever to build exactly what they want to meet their specific business need. They're not shoehorned into a solution, which right. I think is a huge advantage for everybody. I agree. I agree completely. All right. One final question. Uh, Sultan and I asked this of every one of our guests. And so, John Price, what is your standard value? Besides a glass of wine keeps a doctor away? Um, no. <laughs> that, can, that can be it. But if uh, <laughs> No, be, you know, be, beyond that, I'd say if we just focus back in on the space, I think communication is, is you know, one of my standard values is clear, concise, honest communication leads to success internally, externally, and take it back to just your regular personal life. So I think, you know, when you're having conversations, especially around implementations, things like this, you know, clear, open, and consistent communication is key to success. I hear the project manager in you. I, I still come back to it. I mean, my team likes to say I'm a sales guy now, but I'm, there's, a, there's a PM at heart there <laughs> your, somewhere. Your roots are there. Awesome. All right. Well, that is uh, part two of our two-part series that started on Psychor Water Cooler and is wrapping up here on Psychor Standard Values. Thank you, John Price, for your time. And thank you, American Eagle, for hosting in this beautiful studio. Um, I will never be able to sit in my own home studio and feel I don't have a cough button at home. So this is uh, an impressive space. So thank you for hosting and, and, uh, and letting me be a part of the American Eagle world for a day. Thanks for having us, Rick, and you're welcome back anytime. Awesome.